you for listening to Arts District, the podcast. My name is Sterling Shea. I am your host. I am recording this at a time where there is quite a bit of uprising in our community and in our country and globally. And I just wanted to make this statement to our Black listeners and Black members of our artistic community in Dallas that we see you, we hear you, we mourn with you, we believe that Black Lives Matter. And I just wanted to point out a couple of organizations in DFW that could really use your support right now. And that's going to be the Dallas Black Dance Theater, the Black Academy of Arts and Letters, the African American Repertory Theater, Jubilee Theater, Soul Rep Theater, and the Bishop Arts Theater Center. If you have the means, please give to those organizations. It can do a lot of good during this time. Okay, today I am joined by Morgana Wilborn. She is a professor and photographer in our community, and I am so honored that she agreed to come on the podcast. We are also joined today by her dog, Merlin. You may hear Merlin a couple of times throughout the episode. It's totally fine. He was just super stoked to be on the podcast. (laughs) Okay, here is Morgana. So what has the last few months looked like for you with living through a (laughs) pandemic? It has been, this has been a very interesting and painful time Um, for myself, uh, you know, being away from work and being at home remote full time. I know, I know a lot of people have plugged out of that matrix and, you know, many people do work remotely, but this is new for me because I'm a mover and a shaker and I work multiple jobs and wear multiple hats. So. It's been major grounding of my energy and trying to find routine, connecting with people, making sure that I don't abandon myself during this time of solitude rather than isolation um, and not abandoning those that I love and care about, uh, even though we're separated in such a unique way. And also, you know, we're in this very um, traumatic moment uh, of people uprising for justice um, and for truth and for liberation. And, you know, it's hard in that, you know, how I'm trying to figure out how do I show up. And in this moment of social change in our ecosystem, the best way for me to show up is, as I usually do as an educator, um, how can I inform how can I educate? How can I use my power and privilege mm-hmm. to speak up, right? So it's it's been interesting. I still have got to social distance with my friends and things like that, but interesting okay. time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been nice to, uh, w- my friends and I got creative and had a, like both went inside a 
Mexican restaurant to get to go food and then ate it in our cars in the parking lot and talked to each other through the windows, like just getting so creative so that we can see each other and still like commune and enjoy each other's company. Um, Well, you're so immersed in the arts world in many, many ways. Um, but like you, most of your background seems to be in education. So what started your passion for teaching and educating? Yeah. So, um, like I fell in love with theater at a, you know, young age, especially directing. And then once I went to school for my bachelor's at, uh, UNT University of North Texas, um, I, you know, there were a lot of opportunities, but I never really felt like I fit in for the stage there. Like, I was like, Mm -hmm. how do I get in? And if we know about theater, it's like your favorites. You know, it wasn't until like 15 years later where there's a lot of uh, theater makers who are like, we didn't have a way in either. So we're going to make our own. And so they Mm -hmm. started opening up more doors um, rather than the same people who, you know, have been the cool kids who had the, you know, the opportunity, like that has been the story. Right. And yeah. so I didn't know how to get my foot in. I just couldn't figure it out no matter how much I tried. And, uh, so I studied education. I became a teacher and I'm like, if I can't crack the code, I will make sure that these kids can, get the tools they need to crack the code with their confidence, with opportunity. Um, So I became a middle school theater teacher for eight years until I uh, began my work as an informal educator um, at Dallas Theater Center in 2015 um, and before becoming a professor for the community college system in Dallas in around 2017, 2018. So been a major proponent for community education. Uh, for community engagement and education, especially in Dallas, because I'm a native. (laughs) Yeah. So you've been in Dallas your whole life. Yes. Yes. I'm one of those that like, I will travel anywhere, but these are my roots and totally not ashamed of that. I will work with anyone everywhere, but I love coming back. I I love it here. What What are the ways, I'm curious, that Dallas has changed and evolved like since you've finished your education? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just people are like the people who were the main like actors and earlier directors are now like over theaters. So that's a different energy. Um, There's a Mm -hmm. lot of young people who are coming in who said, if we can't make it in these doors, we will create our own. Um, There is a cultural consciousness that revolves around equity and inclusion and true liberation of voices that wasn't apparent. You know, we we all work in historically white institutions and we're battling, you know, old guards and old money. And we're saying, like, we don't necessarily need your money. We don't necessarily Mm -hmm. um, need your permission to create. Um, and so that's where a lot of the energy is changing. And now with the pandemic and the uprising for justice, uh, for black lives, like it's going to continue to change and people are Mm -hmm. going to say, these are the stories that we need to tell. This is how we'll fund it. And this is who's going to lead, uh, that movement into 
telling the narratives of our people, uh, which is a diverse, you know, uh, human pool and spectrum uh, of of life and experiences. And I think it's evolving. Um, it's, it's just changing. Like theater is not for the select few who have money or who have um, these connections. It is for everybody. And now people are getting hip to that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Especially in yeah, Dallas, that, right? That's been my favorite thing about Dallas is how many people just said, I'm not getting called back and there's no path for me. So I'll just start my own theater company or look at all these people that can't afford a rush ticket. So my theater is going to do pay what you can or donation based theater. And it's, it's just, it's the coolest community Mm -hmm. I've I've ever been in. It's definitely like there, there is more work to be done. um, But I do Mm -hmm. see like changes in, I mean, if I'm able to finally get to direct and finally get to lead, like there's more opportunities and we're, I'm beginning, just think of the several uh, young directors, female directors, directors of color, actors in the same right, and other creatives in the theater who need to have a place at the table, right? Um, To engage and create um, these pieces of work, uh, to write these stories, you know, everyone involved. And that's what I'm yearning for. Um, Do we still... and, you know, it also has to have that um, the idea for anyone who comes into spaces with white privilege, like this is not an erasure of you. This is finally everyone getting their due. So how do we support mm-hmm. each other in that? Um, because so many stories have been erased in so many people in the past. So that's what I'm excited to see. And I'm excited for that energy and just how eclectic how different can we be in our storytelling? Um, I'm working, I'm literally in this uh, time, I'm working with a company called Artstillery and I'm with my friend Ilgner Osgur, who is the founder of the company. And um, we both got away from Dallas energy uh, with our dogs. <laughs> and yeah. we've been talking about creating um, and I, I've stayed with her this weekend but um, yeah, just out of the box. How can we answer to the problems in our city to um, whether it's about like dealing with poverty and housing crisis or trauma and um, or immigration and beyond? Um, and how can we do that in unique ways that are not what we've been taught to do in formal theater settings in Dallas? So that's what's yeah. exciting. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I spent this afternoon, in light of everything that's going on, kind of taking stock of myself as a human, but with the podcast, and I literally made a pie chart of how inclusive we're actually being. And I was super disappointed because I, when I started, I thought, no, it's cool. Like, I don't need a system in place to guarantee that this will happen. It'll just happen organically. And I looked into our history today and found that that was not true. So I'm starting to think of ways that I can, going forward, make sure that doesn't continue to happen. Um, so I I hope that it doesn't. And I have a, a list and 
like you said, there's, there's work to be done. Um, but awareness but, is the, that's the yeah. main thing. When we become aware, we educate ourselves and we align, we ally and we take action. And starting mm-hmm. with that awareness and speaking that out loud, that's important because a lot of people yeah. don't even do that, you know? So power to you in the movement that you're <laughs> making to move forward for change. Thank you. Um, so you're the director of education at Dallas Theater Center. And I think that's where I first found out about you is through Mindful Mondays, which I love and I'm a big fan of. Uh, can you talk about how that started and what that means to yeah. you? Um, thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> I'm always surprised when people are like, I watch Mindful Monday today. I'm like, you see it. <laughs> um, the, the young girl in me is like, don't look at me, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I, uh, my, I did a lot of work within the arts district with what we had called the Compassion Council. Um, the Compassion Council was of all these several leaders um, from the Crow, uh, Booker T, from APPAC, DTC, everybody within the Arts District, including uh, United Methodists that came together and fought Mm -hmm. for compassion in the city and in the Arts District and uh, against racism. Um, And how can we be a more compassionate city? So I talked a lot a bit about this and this Mindfulness has been my own journey in ministry for myself because I am someone who came from having so much anger and came from uh, not knowing how to process that because of familiar trauma and all of that. You know, how did my parents uh, show that they were angry? How did they discipline? And that came into Mm. my work as a teacher. And that's part of the reason why I left. I was like, I need to practice being a better person so I can be a better educator and facilitator and leader. And through compassionate work and mindfulness, I started to see a change in the way that I spoke and the way that I moved through the world. And there's still things I need to work on. Because I tell you, I was like, I I will cuss you out. I will throw things like <laughs> literally like let me yeah. see my truth of how I've harmed in people's energy in the past. And this has been a lifelong struggle and a lifelong journey. And then, you know, I went into that. I'm in a different place. This is like years later. And I found all these like-minded people. I'm getting more education. And then once we had our new social media manager, Miss Imani Thomas, a wonderful Black woman who does so much wonderful work for our social media. And a lot of people don't know a Black woman leads social media. And I always want to say that because she receives so much harm uh, just because mm-hmm. we are a white institution and they don't know who's out there putting the info um, and they, it's always an assumption that it's attached to a white man when really she's doing mm-hmm. the work. And that's part of being mindful. Who, how are we speaking to entities, entities who's doing the work? So she came to me and she said, Morgana, I want you to do Mindful Mondays. I'm like, Mindful Monday? <laughs> you know? And she told me her thoughts. And that's where it started. She was like, tell me what you're reading, what quotes come to you all the things that you tell us here at work, all the stuff you're always telling me, like, let's share it. Let's do the work that you're talking about in compassion. I was like, okay. But people are listening and I'm thankful. And 
I want them to know that it's all part of the journey and the ministry for all of us in the arts mm. and as people. Um, how can we be better beings for each other? Um, and, you know, it's my work as an educator. Um, if I'm doing this reading, it's not meant to just sit in my vessel, but to be shared with everyone and for us to have a conversation and for me to be held accountable. And so if you listen to it, it's imperfect. My speech is imperfect. I can't always find the words, but it's coming from a genuine place of learning and of evolution. And I hope we can take the journey together through that. Mm. I love that. Um, so what kind of programs happen at Dallas Theater Center? Or what are some things that you've brought into the program that are relatively new? Yeah, so DGC education is ever evolving. Um, and right now, like, uh, like I lost a lot of uh, programming where we were uh, just kind of restructuring, working towards financial health. Uh, what do we need to uplift? What are some things to let go? Which, though losing anything that you care about, it just sets a foundation for growth for what is to come, right? And, you know, we have, uh, right now I'm working towards programs for the summer that are virtual. We just had two wonderful pay what you can classes, one in playwriting with Jonathan Norton, our playwright in residence. And one in um, acting, it was called The Audition Room with Tiffany Nicole Green. If you know, she mm. uh, directed the Philip tour for, um, uh, I, why did I, why am I trying to blank on this wonderful <laughs> uh, sh- of this show? Uh, probably because I'm an In the Heights fan and not a Watch My Collar fan. Oh, uh, Hamilton? Hamilton. <laughs> yes, I'm like, who draws a blank? Look, I blocked it um you you block what you're not a fan um but she's a great director in that and so uh and she also was going to direct pipeline before we went into quarantine and she directed our christmas carol um so i we did classes for that i'm hoping to bring back our old summer programming um via virtually if i can in a new way we also have a major program for high school students called project discovery Project Discovery is over like 33 years old. It was meant to bridge the gap between what's happening in professional theater and what's happening in high schools. And um, Mm -hmm. I also realized that a lot of people in professional theater don't realize how many wonderful theater teachers there are and that there is a lot of theater work and there's like, you know, arts are being cut. And it's like, yes and no, y'all need to do a lot of research and what's happening in education. Um, I don't think Uh arts educators get a lot of credit and so I, I would love for arts organizations to make sure they're in constant communication. And that's why we have informal educators like directors of ed and community engagement uh, so that arts leaders can learn more. But uh, our students come and see five shows, five main stage shows. Um, we make the offering of providing a free transportation, uh, free tickets for we're at 30 schools. Um, so we see about like 720 teachers and students combined each year. And it's been around like a thousand at one point. And then we wanted to make more one-on-one engagement with our schools. So we lowered the amount of schools, but we hope to grow now that we're moving virtually. We'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've had a legacy of classes, community engagement conversations. You know, we have our stay late talkbacks. 
There may be uh, community conversations, depending on the show. And um, I partner a lot with different organizations. I love to partner and collaborate. And of course, we have our huge uh, community engagement program, Public Works Dallas, that works with community partners um, and also ends uh, after the workshops through the year in a large pageant performance where all of our community members act alongside professional actors. Um, and I hope that that continues to grow um, and that, you know, the work of all of the wonderful people and uh, our community engagement education, our POC leaders, and they've worked hard despite, you know, traumas of the past of the organization and things mm. happen in community to make sure the legacy of these programs keep going. Um, and so that's what we're doing. We're just fighting for equity and fighting for the right to create and support and serve our community. I love that. I feel like uh, as an educator, you probably get, especially working with some of the communities that you were just talking about, you experience a lot of very rewarding moments. Do you have like a most rewarding moment <laughs> um, or a favorite? Definitely, um, man, so many. <laughs> like uh, whenever <laughs> I feel the most free when I'm with the students or like our elders from the community, I feel mm. so free. I feel like this is my purpose. I am serving. Mm. I am fulfilling my life purpose. I am not with any BS that I have to deal with and bureaucracies. Um, my dog didn't like me saying BS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we. I, I love being with the students because you know some of our students are. Uh, they are parents at a young age. I mean, not even mm. not including the multi-generational space that I teach as a professor, but, you know, those that come into DTC are, you know, they have their own unique stories and traumas. And what we do through programs like Project Discovery is bringing students from, if they're in a rural high school, in the same space as a, a high school within this city, you know? And what are the conversations? Are they the same? Are they different? Um, how do kids open up their minds to new information? Do they have a space to be heard and seen? And I know growing up, you know, I was so used to hearing, shut your mouth, be quiet. And I don't want young people to feel that way. I don't want elders to feel that way, mm. that they're no longer needed to be heard or they're not meant to be seen. That is my service. I need to make sure I show up and that everybody is seen and heard. So hearing stories when, you know, I ask students uh, for workshops for a Christmas carol. It's like, how mm -hmm. have you wronged someone? Write a letter to someone um, and you can share out loud in this space. We have community agreements. Students are allowed to draw boundaries and things like that with us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one boy read his letter to his unborn daughter, you know, that he never got to see. You know, these are the types of, and I sat with him after everyone left the workshop and we cried on the floor mm. and, you know, things like that, or it's joyous things, you know, um, we have so many public works, uh, elders that share their light and love with us. Um, and some, we got to share an experience before they passed on this year during the pandemic and 
That's mm -hmm. a blessing. Uh, during American Mariachi that went all digital, I had to set up a digital classroom. I had to make sure that our kids had access. And that was important because families who've never been to our theater had access to our art. And teachers shared the art with the whole family who chimed in with the entire class to talk about the art, to talk about representation of Latinx culture and music and voice. And that is powerful to receive that info. Like, yes, you know, um, I had so many young ladies who were like, finally, our mariachi culture is being seen. Our Latinx Mexican culture is being seen. Like, I feel seen. Mm. That is what I'm here for. I am here to be an instrument for you to be seen, for you to be heard. Um, and... You know, it, that's why it's all like, ah, you watch Mindful Mondays or, oh, you saw me, <laughs> you've heard me. Mm -mm. How can I be reflective of you? How can I show up for you? You know, that's that's just my mission and my service. That's what I'm here for. Well, you do such a great job with Mindful Mondays because every time I'm like, she, I am the only person she is talking to <laughs> and your voice and is so soothing. And sometimes I see like your little incense come into the screen and I'm like, <laughs> I almost oh, yes. lit my Palo Santo for you. I have my crystals and everything for you. So. <laughs> That is awesome. Um, so you also have a photography business. I do. When yes. did that come into play? Um, I have been, when I was growing up, my dad loved taking photos. And before he passed away, he always wanted to have his own studio. And so I learned photography from him in high school. And I would take pictures like for my sorority in college. Um, and then in 2008, after I left uh, for undergrad, I said, I'm going to start a business. And it was just called Morgana Wilborn Photography. And then uh, later on, I changed it to Photo Noir. Noir is the feminine for um, the word black. So it's like black mm -hmm. photography. Um, yes. In French. And so like, um, and I've been doing so much wonderful work for the community. Right now I'm working with a company called This Same Sky that does intentional textiles um, that, and it's beautiful scarves and wall hangings that are connected to intention um, in all these phases of your life. Um, and so like, is your intention to like be big or to just kind of show up for yourself in that moment? Um, and so I've been working on that while being in quarantine, taking photos for the company. And while even on this kind of getaway that I've taken for the weekend, uh, just to, you know, I love working for women of color. This is a women of color owned business. Uh, I love, I love doing any art that's about, uh, the Dallas community or um, women of color. I had a show called For Color Girls, which was based off of Ntozake Shange's play um, for, for color girls who have considered suicide when the rainbow is enough. And so mm -hmm. I did a photography ode to that, um, which I surveyed different women of color about like, how would you define yourself? Would you define your ethnicity or your culture? And what's your favorite color? Which one of these lines from the play do you identify with? And that we had so much fun and all of their backdrops were um, 
connected to the colors of the ladies in the show, like Lady in Red, Lady in Green. Um, that was my first full art show. But I've had a bunch of wonderful people who've allowed me to tour my work, like Second Thought Theater, Kitchen Dog Theater. I've gotten to hang up my work in their spaces, um, as well as, oh my gosh, who else? A DTC has hired me uh, to shoot uh, photos like for the Wolves when we had that play. The pictures ended up in the program for Public Works Dallas. Um, I was able to uh, take photos for that um, and any other random things that, you know, if people ask me. Uh, but it's been exciting to have my art in people's homes, in theaters, before people go into the show. Like, that. I mean, uh, yeah, Water Tower Theater had my uh, work up. Like, I'm so thankful for the intersections of art, of theater, of people connecting and seeing, like, my talent. Um, So it's, it's been wonderful to support the community that way. Yeah, you just strike me as a person that, really loves what you do and has really just found your thing and you can't help but like radiate when you (laughs) find that thing that you love and you want to do forever. Thank you. Um, Thank you for seeing that. Thank you. (laughs) I have a question. You keep, you keep mentioning, um, speaking up for yourself and being a voice for yourself And I think that's something I was just noticing about myself the other weekend is I don't do that very well and I don't do it for others very well. I mean, is that a learned skill or have you always just had the fire to speak up for yourself? (laughs) No, no girl. No, I have not. Because, you know, just think about it. When we think about our cultures of growing up, were we told to be quiet, to be silent, Mm -hmm. to be good girls, to don't make noise, you know, don't bring attention to yourself, have respect for yourself. We equated silence with respect, (laughs) with doing what was right, right? Yeah. Um, Or maybe people traumatized us or abused us to the point where we didn't want to speak up and therefore we don't even see like a reason to (laughs) in different moments. Cause I'm telling you, whenever I cried out loud or, um, I got, I, you know, people would always call me cry baby or shut up or this or that. And that's traumatizing where I didn't even want to speak. And I found through being a teacher that I could speak and people would listen. And then I had to learn what is the respectful way to do that. And if people didn't listen, I would throw tantrums. I would be angry. And I'm like, that's not how you deal, especially with a space with children. <laughs> you know, how do you, how do you learn? I, and I realized that I was re-traumatizing other people, you know, mm-hmm. because I didn't know how to speak up for myself. And when I wasn't heard, I like whether it was people I loved or being a teacher, I did not know how to do that. And I had to learn how to still feel powerful when I was quiet when I was still, um, and know Mm. that there was powerful and, and there's power in silence and knowing when to speak up and how to speak up and what words to use. Um, and so, and I'm still learning and Mm -hmm. it's moving beyond fear. 
the moment we can move beyond fear of this is how I sound or this person won't work with me or maybe I'll hurt this person. Just speak up and find your voice and then from there learn and how to cultivate it, how to curate it, you know, what yeah. words to use. Who's your real audience? And sometimes the words you use and what you have to say won't resonate with certain people. And those people are meant to be in your life. <laughs> I'm here to tell you. Yeah. Um, they're here for this season. And, you know, we see that a lot of people move from us when we speak up, especially if they're close uh, out against them. And sometimes people need to correct us when we do speak up. And I've had to learn that mm -hmm. a lot um, in mm -hmm. my journey. And I'm telling you, uh, it's been a journey of a lot of harm to self and others until I could find a compassionate and mindful way to talk to people. And mm -hmm. I'm so surprised when people always say, Morgana, you know how to, you have the right words to say. You always, I'm like, really? It's hard for me to receive that because I think of that angry little girl who would cuss and throw tantrums and be angry and who would cry because I couldn't find the words. I always tell people like, Excuse me if I ramble, I have a Piscean way of speaking because <laughs> I'm a Pisces, you know, we're just kind of <laughs> all over the place. Um, but that also comes from my trauma and insecurities of like people not wanting to listen to me and things like that. Mm. Um, so I'm trying to even stop that. Like, don't apologize. You know, I'm trying to go in, I've been trying to go into 2020 unapologetically. Um women, let's not apologize for ourselves. Like even on emails, mm. I'm like, thank you for bringing that to my attention. Like, <laughs> let me just be me and keep moving. Yeah. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I love your email sign off. <laughs> um, I just found it very helpful that you put the name pronunciation at the bottom I guess maybe me just having an audio medium, like the name could be Amy Smith. And I'm like, oh my God, am I pronouncing this right? <laughs> okay, let me make sure. Let me say it a couple times and then say it. So I, I thought it was very cool. Um, yeah, unapologetic. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, it's hard because I think I, I don't know if this is a me thing or this is a millennial thing or a woman thing, but you just want so badly to be liked. And so people will like you if you just don't say anything. And I just had an experience the other week where I got so mad at myself for not saying something when I should have. And mm -hmm. I decided this week that I don't want to do that anymore. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, it just sounds like it takes a lot of years and a lot of yeah. saying the wrong thing anyways yeah. before you get really good at it. Yeah. And definitely just questioning ourselves, like, why didn't I speak up? What in my past told me to be quiet? Is it this person? Is there a real thing that I should believe where I shouldn't speak up about this? Um, I am aware now. I'm going to hold myself accountable. <laughs> you know, I'm going to try again. Mm -hmm. and, and we'll, you know, quote unquote, fail ourselves. I don't want to say fail ourselves, but we may not show up for others, but we will eventually because it's us showing up for others is also like when we speak out about something or speak up, call out people or call in people. Um, it's also about not abandoning ourselves. And we definitely, um, my friend, one of my good friends and I, we always talk about like, don't abandon yourself. Don't abandon my friend because we're talking to each other. Um, 
And when we show up in our most honest self, um, we don't have to worry about being liked because we already like ourselves. And we like this, the person yeah. we're in and the vessel we're in and the person we've grown into. We may not like all of our actions. Those actions suck. <laughs> we need to be aware of it. But at the end of the day, I don't want to abandon myself. And I really like this lady. And I want to continue to like her. So <laughs> I need to make sure to be mindful of the way I show up in the world, right? Um, even yeah. if that means like, Am I being too silent and I'm not being silent enough? Am I taking up too much space? Just be having that awareness, you know? Yes. Well, can you, this episode will come out on a Monday. So can you give us a little mindfulness or tell us what you're reading right now or what you're listening to right now that you would recommend? Yes. Um, I am reading definitely a lot of books. Um, The one that I have with me is Communion by Bill Hooks. Um, And it's the female search of love, but it really talks about um, just, you know, looking at black women and the traumas of, you know, our parents and our elders and how that made its way into our psyche when we think about love, when we think about womanism, feminism, when we think about relationships with men and the trauma that men carry too. Um, At this moment, like during the Black Lives Matter movement and way of life, um, we see a lot of, um, and God bless all of our ancestors who have passed, but we hear man's names, not taken away from uh, man's Black men's lives that are lost because there is um, something intentional about that in the way that Black male lives are being lost. But there are women's lives being lost that are unsaid. And we must Mm -hmm. continue to speak all lives, um, trans lives, women's lives, men's lives, everybody, right? And so, you know, I think about her words in terms of self-love, Um, anything that I need to unlearn from my elders, (laughs) you know, or things that I bring with me that are important. How does that shape my thoughts on equity and love and responding to another person or a group of people with love? Um, I'm also reading um, Austin uh, Channing's I'm Still Here, just talking about um, how Black women still must show up for themselves you know, despite racism, um, what I hope to, I'm going to be sharing in Mindful Mondays is ways to show up for the Black community. And just a few things like the books that I mentioned, um, educating ourselves. We must always educate ourselves, reading books uh, from leaders like Dr. Brittany Cooper, Eloquent, Eloquent Rage, or Ibram X. Kendi, How to Be an Anti-Racist. Um, knowing history of white supremacy and racism and even knowing like mindful tactics tactics of how to maneuver through trauma uh being like reading books like mindfulness of race um and uh all about love by bell hooks um also just asking your friends and family are you okay you know before we start inundating people with more traumatic information and feelings and videos and things like that. Like, you know, can you, are you even present to receive this kind of information? If not, how can I show up 
um, for you in the space that you need to curate for yourself. Um, staying updated um, and just, you know, having hard conversations with people. I'm going to be talking a lot about that for Mindful Mondays. Um, and also I'm reading, I'm going to be uh, leading a, the virtual reading for a play uh, for Kitchen Dogs Festival. So I'm reading Dream House by Eliana Pipes, which is about two uh, Latinx sisters who are um, looking at, you know, in times of gentrification, like what is selling out versus cashing in and dealing with, you know, talking about family, family past and our future as we want to move forward in the way that we want. So these are the things that I'm reading. I'm reading a lot of POC authors. Um, I am advocating as an educator for our community to stay informed, even if it means, you know, if you're showing up um, in this social social justice ecosystem, um, fighting for liberation uh, in different ways. Like I'm showing up as an educator. Some people are showing up on the front lines, whether it's working or as protesters or it's legal figures, how are you showing up? You know, how are you informing people about their rights or how to be safe during protests? Um, or how can they find money to be bailed out? All of that, um, how to protect one another. So that's that, these are the things that I'm working through. I'm learning, I'm trying mm-hmm. to figure out how to share, including self-care during traumatic events. So all of that, that was a lot of info, <laughs> but that's what I'll be kind of navigating in Mindful Mondays. These are the things that I'm reading about and learning about for myself too. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us. Um, you said you're on a, you have a little weekend getaway right now? I did. I said an act of self-care for me as yeah. a Black woman is going on a social distance vacay with my friend yeah. and going on the first vacay with my dog out of town to sit by water and meditate and float and pray for my people and yeah. just try to center myself so I can do the work that I need to. Good for you. What is Thank your you. puppy's name? Merlin. <laughs> Merlin? Oh. So cute. <laughs> he is that something is awesome. else. <laughs> My dog is Tiresias and they yes. seem like they would be best friends. <laughs> oh, yes. We do need to find some kind of social distancing doggy date, please. <laughs> yes. That would be great. Well, thank you so much for being on. I, I really appreciate your time and energy today. And um, I will let you get back to your weekend. Thank you so much for allowing me to be in this space. I'm so thankful. Anything to just share um, the service that I attempt to do um, and to connect with new people. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for thinking of me and having me here today. I'm so honored. Thank you. Okay, everybody, that was Morgana Wilborn. If you want to keep up with what is going on in her life, you should definitely follow her on Instagram at M-O-R-G-A-N-A-D-E-L-U-N-E or check out her photography website. It's amazing. It's photo-noir.com. All right, that is it for today. Thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next time. Bye.